0: The Messiantics Podcast, a podcast about all things Messianic Judaism. Each episode, we will be sharing our opinions as we tackle some of the biggest issues in Messianic Judaism. Now, here's your hosts, Rabbis Eric, David, Jonathan, and
1: Toby. Shalom. Uh, we have an interesting program, or at least one we hope will be interesting for everyone this uh, week. We're going to be talking about Tuba Shavuot. And we're going to be talking about Purim, but we're going to be talking about them from a uh, what I think is a unique and different uh, perspective. First of all, for those that may be new, Tuba Shabbat is the new year for trees. It happens usually between February and March on the Greco-Roman calendar, and it is the time when tithing on trees was done. In Judaism, contrary to popular belief, uh, there isn't just one or two New Year's. There's actually five. We have New Year's Rosh Hashanah, which is the new year of creation of mankind. We have Nisan 1, which is the new year that's established with the Exodus. We have Tu which is the new year for tithing on trees. We have... Uh, The tithing on animals, which happens in July or August. And then we have Yom Kippur, which is the new year for the Shemitah and the Yovel, the counting of the year of Shemitah and the 50th year or the Jubilee year. So this month in February, we'll be celebrating Tu B'Shvat. Tu B'Shvat is a time where, as I said, we uh, mark the tithing on trees. And traditionally, Tu B'Shvat is celebrated by having a uh, like a Passover seder, a seder, it's uh, is been uh, put together. It celebrates the shiva hamayim, which are wheat, barley, grapes, figs, pomegranates, olives, and dates. All the f- fruits that are spoken of in uh, as part of the land of milk and honey. So that's celebrated uh, during February. And then somewhere either in February or March is Purim or the Feast of Esther, the Feast of Lots. And that's really where we want to focus most of our attention today on uh, from a unique perspective because for... Uh, To Bishvat, you have a family dinner where you eat the fruits of these trees and and are thankful for them and bless God for his provision. On Purim, Purim is a celebration of the victory uh, of the Jews over the Persians uh, in the time of Esther and the whole story of Esther and, and all that goes on in the book of Esther. But it's traditional to do what's called a Purim spiel, as part of a Purim celebration, some congregations will have con- carnivals, uh, different things for the children, they'll dress up in costumes, some will do biblical costumes, other congregations get into almost a Halloweenish ish type uh, costume uh, event, uh, but many congregations not only read the book of Esther – but they do what's known as a Purim play or a perm spiel. And some of those Purim spiels are worthy of recognition, not for being good but for being absolutely atrocious.
2: It's almost uh, like they have to be bad.
1: <laughs> right. It, it's it's kind of like when you watch one of those things that you just know is going. It's like the, the Mystery, Mystery Science Theater 2000 where you have yeah. the robots mocking the old B-rated uh, yeah. spoof science fiction movies and stuff. I've only now, seen part of that Now, we have had several really good Purim plays, uh, but many of them, even though they're intended to be good and well done, they're dependent upon the acting ability and the process of children and volunteer uh, thespians. And so um, it's just interesting. So we're going to share some of our experiences with Uh, Purim and Purim Spiels on our podcast today. So who wants to jump in? Well, I was going to say, before we get too far ahead, it's also
3: traditional to plant trees, right? On Tuba
1: Tuba Shabbat, yeah, we'll plant trees. We have a little orchard we're planting here at Berdam, and so we're going to plant a peach tree this year. Last year we planted, last two years we planted orange trees,
3: we're planting a peach tree this year. And the orange trees just barely did survive the cold. Siberian front that came down from the north winds, right? right. And so,
1: so our olive trees are are there. We also have a fig tree that we planted. So we plant a tree Did each you year. The fig tree. The fig tree is blossoming. Okay, good. Yeah, I haven't. So. I haven't. Nice. him in a while It's it's like a biblical proportion no thing. Yeah. So anyhow. Uh, on Tu you plant trees. Many people plant trees in Israel. And if you want to plant trees in Israel, there's several ways you can do it. I know that Congregation Beth I on their website, BethAdonai.com, has a link that you can have a tree planted in Israel. Also, the MJAA at MJAA.org has a link that you can plant trees in Israel, and uh, and which is, again, a traditional way of, of uh, observing and celebrating Tuba Shabbat. But so let's uh, go back to Purim. Purim, again, just like in uh, churches, they have bad children's productions that all the parents rave about how wonderful their children were. That's and my baby. That's my baby. So they, uh, Purim yeah. spiels are that way. So uh, who wants to jump in with your tale of Purim?
2: Is this about the spiels, or we we spiels. just we're the sharing this. And
3: I would say let's make okay. Purim. It can be about bad spiels, of course, but also like I mean, yeah, was saying like you know there are some things that even if it wasn't bad, it was still just funny. Yeah, so how again, it was
2: just just to you know provide a, you know some context, and Rabbi Eric covered that, um, but it's just what we're what we're celebrating in Purim, which is always around spring, is we're celebrating essentially what happened in the Book of Esther, uh, which is. God saved the people of Israel from an oppressive nation, and uh, so, so essentially, what we're doing is we're acting out what happened. It's 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 like the equivalent of again. I was raised in the church, so I grew up with the the Christmas, the nativity scenes, and those were always funny. Uh, looking back, I mean, as a kid, you're like, wow, we're really a part of something cool, you know, or whatever. Um, and I have played some roles, you know, in the church. I I, I was Moses one time, and my bedsheet fell off on stage. You bet. So. I'm. I'm just. Curious yeah. To ask. I was wearing a.
0: Were you wearing the bedsheet Scottish <laughs> style?
2: I had on. No. I had on a Dick. I had on a Dick Tracy shirt. Remember Dick Tracy? Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: The Warren Beatty movie that came out in the '90s. I oh love Dick Tracy. Goodness, wow. Based on the comic book, the old comic strip. You're
3: like Moses the time traveler. Bro.
2: Yeah. So I, I had on a Dick Tracy shirt. No, I, and a pair of shorts, and no, I had the sheet completely over me. You couldn't see my Dick Tracy shirt and my shorts until it all fell off. <laughs> And I was wearing a beard made out of cotton balls. <laughs> and Moses. And I, had oh, to re- and I had to read from an index card oh, about funny. Moses. And then I was Pilate, Pontius Pilate, in an Easter play. Wow. Uh, so yeah,
3: You a, went you went from, like, best yeah. guy in the Bible to, like... Like,
2: one of the worst. Yeah, yeah
3: one of the worst. <laughs> and I was that's never... like
1: being Haman. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I was never in an TV scene. And then, of course, you know, the, the Lord called me into the Messianic movement when I was about 25. I, I thought I was beyond those silly things. And then I was cast as a narrator in one poem play, which never happened. And at the first congregation I attended, I was in Macon, and I got cast as just the narrator. And so we were using a church at the time, and I uh, would. And the church had these speaker rooms. Like if you look, if you're looking at the stage, you know where the pastor would be and where our rabbi would be. You know when we would use the uh, the, the church before we got a building. On if you're facing the stage on the corner, the top corners of the the wall, there were these like speakers. But they were in these rooms, in these. So you'd have to go upstairs, back. You go backstage, go upstairs, and go into these rooms. And I was sitting in one with a microphone, and it was the coolest thing. I was like up there eating Chick Fil A, and like my (laughs) friend was up there with me, and I'm just like reading the narrative. And the dang play never even happened. So that was the worst play that never happened, oh man, because again that's what we mentioned earlier in the play earlier in the ep- this episode is that perm plays almost traditionally it's like if you make it good you've you've missed the mark yeah and the 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 other one I was in is when I was in Savannah and I was King Xerxes and again the one thing that's in common with perm spiels in the Messianic movement or uh and and uh, church plays is that it, the common thread is it's bad actors it's hard to find. As Rabbi, as Rabbi Eric said, it's hard to find people that even want to do it. Yeah. So you got the bad actors, and then you got the bed sheets. You've got
3: like the bad eight, actor because everybody. Eight, go ahead. I was going to say you've got like the eight year olds who've been forced yeah. to be there. Because like,
2: everybody, what does everybody do to get these costumes? They just assume that everybody wore sheets, <laughs> sheets and sandals. At least do
3: the decent thing and tie some seat seat on your sheet.
2: And I was King Xerxes wearing. <laughs> I actually think the Rubitson and Savannah mm-hmm. actually made some costumes. It was still made out of bed sheets. Something made out of sheets. And I had this beard that kept like I think I ate half the beard. It kept getting in my mouth. Were the
3: cotton balls. Or
2: yeah, no. and and so it's so that's the thing, you know. And and again. You, you, People forget their lines and, you know, and my wife's like directing it. I think she directed one year and she's like having a tell
3: oh, poor Brooke, you have to throw because people at lines. Brooke's like, she's, she's, a, she's been a theater person, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. So and she's,
2: being a theater person, even she knows that perm plays have to be bad. Yeah. You know, so I think it would be funny to make a perm play where you purposefully have things go wrong yeah. during it just yeah, to like, make it like seem stage like yeah. we, we have done, it's we a have, production gone wrong.
1: We have done, uh, in the past, Star Wars Purim. Right. We've done uh, Flintstones
3: Purim. Oh, that must have been interesting.
1: We've done, uh, we did recently a Purim where it was done through text message and... and about COVID-19. Yeah, COVID, Yeah, Purim and COVID-19 oh. all done through text message and Zoom.
3: Yeah, um, so like masks played a role. Right. Uh,
1: yeah, it was, it was funny. We,
0: we did one uh, a few years back. <clears throat> one of my favorite things to do was to get a script... Uh, for a perm spill and cast people for the different roles but not give them the script till just before they do the spill.
2: That's a good idea.
0: And they actually have to have the script okay. with them and interact with it and so it's kind of got this improv note to it uh, and so they'll kind of scan the script and improv their part as they're going through uh, but so the, the first year that we did this one of the guys who's unfortunately not part of the congregation anymore but one of the guys that was in it was cast as Haman, and uh, he... And maybe that's we, something about we why give no longer in the congregation. We give everybody uh we give everybody the opportunity to uh to kind of figure out how their character is going to present themselves and, and what have you until so he showed up and it was a complete happenstance thing but he showed up as a like for uh a perm con con uh perm co- um costume it, couldn't get the uh, word out as a perm costume right. uh that looked like it was like a cholo costume uh and so we he played, what that? uh he it's like a um uh South California Southern California LA area like your uh, um uh, it's kind of the I'm trying to figure out the best way to word this, but it's kind of the the typical like Hispanic gang member assumed okay. look. That's not necessarily what it. Uh, you know, okay, I got what, you. People that dress this way aren't necessarily putting that off, but that's kind of the assumed if you look on right. television shows and all. That's kind of the the, the perception. But uh, he, so he ends up playing Heyman as a Cholo Heyman and like did accents and
3: everything, and I mean, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Well, it, it, and it's funny. I'm looking at a picture right now. I was showing Toby because I was kind of curious, too. I was like, I, I feel like I know what this looks like. Yeah. But uh, it's actually a little bit different than I was thinking. But uh, last year, uh, our Heyman actually dressed in like a, what was it, like 80s, like sweatsuit, 80s Yeah, it was the track 80s suit,
1: sweatsuit track with, suit, with the big hanging
3: necklace. Big and bling, the- big sunglass necklace. I mean, He was like a like total...
1: Right, we did a Mad Lib Purim one time where the we had you know like a Mad Lib where you fill in the adjectives and verbs oh, and gosh. different things, and, things then re- <laughs> and then
2: those and, things were hours of fun. Right,
1: and then rewrote the whole story using the fill in the blanks from that the, would actually be really fun to do
0: with crowd involvement during the spill. right. That's what we did. Oh, no, and I don't, I don't mean like writing it, but like you're you know get to that spot and pause and wait for yeah. somebody to scream the, it out the and problem. then
1: be, <laughs> right. That's what we. We did. We had it on where they had the choice yeah. of four words they could choose, and I then give we no rewrote it, let it go completely wild. You well, could, no, no, I'm not as as brave as you. I'm you not giving my the, congregation. You, the you can choice. set boundaries at the beginning, like you know
0: there are certain words that are not allowed to be used. It and doesn't and know. Whatever, but in my
2: experience, you can have the, you can get a bunch of the mo- you can get a bunch of monks in a cave doing mad libs and it's going to go to a dark you should place do, real quick you should do a mad libs
0: perm spill with only the youth group allowed to give the suggestions no <laughs>
1: that would be that would be rough the, the reality is that the perm spiels these these little plays are they given and done so especially so the young people will uh, have the we'll have the experience that when you do something like that, it helps you to remember. You use more senses, you use more sensory yeah. uh, involvement, and it helps you to remember the story. The story of Purim itself—it's kind of like the story of Noah. Mm-hmm. You know, you could make an excellent movie about Noah and the ark and everything that happens without adding any. Uh, additional information without Hollywooding it up. Now, they haven't ever done that, to my knowledge. Hollywood messes it up every time they they try to do it. But uh, Purim all by itself is such a powerful story of God's deliverance, of his provision, of his answering prayer, of all the things that go on uh, for such a time as this and all that. But uh so the story itself should be read and we read it in synagogue just the story from Esther. But then you do the perm play. Yeah. So it adds these additional sensors uh sensory
3: connections yeah. to it. And I talked and, a little bit about that on Shabbat was I was like, you know, what kind of customs are you adopting in your life? You know, what what and what are they doing? Because you know, customs and traditions they they, they serve as memory banks for, you know, um your walk, your walk with God, your walk with your family. Um, you know, Passover Seder. You have an exciting Passover Seder as a young kid. It's a lot of fun. Your parents get you involved. You remember that. That's a memory bank. Boom, locked in. You know, uh, a little permsp-
2: trip to everyone's memory banks.
3: Yeah, perm spiels are kind of the same. Uh, same thing. It's a custom that simply gets you involved yeah. in an uh, outside of just reading the Bible. And it's kind of like I, I like to think of it right. like this: like if you ever read Romeo and Juliet by Shakespeare. And then you go on into and watch like other, read other books, watch other movies. You'll be like, oh, this is Romeo and Juliet story. Same thing happens with the, with the biblical narrative. You know the biblical narrative well enough as a child. You grow older and you see a story that's kind right. of it's supposed to be similar or a little bit different, twisted, kind of like the Purim spiel's. You know, it's supposed yeah. to be a little now little different. You're like, oh. This is this is a biblical story, just told it in a slightly right. different manner. Our,
1: our Purim play for this year, we, we had designed we were going to have uh, huge chess pieces okay. and a chessboard, and the characters from the Purim play were going to play out a chess match mm-hmm. between the good and the you know the the good and the evil between the Ahazfaris and and, and Mordecai and and. Uh, you know the the different characters from Esther and uh, and Vashti and and all the the bishops and the the rooks and the pawns uh, and all the people involved Vashti. in it. Vashti. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah.
2: When I hear that name, I always think of again this Purim spiel where uh, in, at one of our congregations and uh, one of the people in the play was like this. I think he was like one of the king's attendances. so he was announcing Vashti to come in. Yeah. But this guy, we're in Georgia. So it's Vashti. 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 That's exactly Vashti. what it was. He goes, all right, look, Vashti. And I was like, oh, my gosh. This is so bad. It's great. So, but, no, I was going to turn to David because I was going to – I know you probably want to make a point. But I, I, I just uh, – the point I was making, too, is that the story, when we do a perm spiel, we're toning down exactly the reality of the really intense things that are in that story. Yeah.
3: Especially with the king. Yeah, and they tried to kill us. And, We won. Let's eat. Let's eat. And there really
0: is, like, and and here's the thing with the Purim spill, why it's such a valuable reality. And like, as Rabbi Eric was saying, when we celebrate Purim, uh, you know, one of the traditions is to read the Megillah, to read the the scroll, the story of Esther uh, from start to finish, which is only, it's 10 chapters. It's not very long. One of those chapters is like... 10 verses or something, and the last chapter is excruciatingly short. Um, but nonetheless, it's a really intriguing story. It's really interesting. It's got a lot of movement in it and such. Um, so we read the the Megillah, and then there's the Purim spill that makes it kind of more alive in front of you. Uh, there's a lot of food and eating. You eat uh, and little Haman's hats, uh, these little cookies that are eaten, and uh, or Haman's ear, depending on whose interpretation uh, or translation you're using. Um, you know, now one of the funny traditions, not necessarily something that we prescribe to, but one of the funny traditions is within especially Hasidic Judaism. Uh, Purim is a drinking holiday, uh, very heavily drinking holiday and one of the reasons it, and because it's supposed to be celebratory and and so on so there's a lot of schnapps and, and vodka and stuff that's drinking but one of the the thing that's really interesting is that the the tradition is that you're supposed to drink so much on parim that you can no longer differentiate between mordecai's name and Haman's name wow. so that you're in essence like it's kind of like wiping Haman's name out um is the perspective behind it now I don't prescribe to that. That's uh, that's yeah. a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of liver it. damage and, and whatever else. I, I did find it funny though that uh, when I was in New York, I worked at an Enterprise rent car in Muncie, New York, which is a uh, substantially Hasidic area. And uh, the only time that our clientele paid for uh, Enterprise's um, insurance package was when they were renting for <laughs> Perm, <laughs> <Wow. laughs> just on the off chance wow. that something goes wrong. Now, what's really I, I think important though about the Perm spill. And, and reading the Megillah and all this is praying, much like Pesach uh, is or, or Passover. Um, we are supposed to uh, celebrate this. The, the the Book of Esther, chapter nine, specifically says it's supposed to be celebrated and commemorated, l'ador vador, from generation to generation in continuity. And so, one of the reasons that this is supposed to happen, and that we do some of the things we do with Purim, just like with Pesach, is so that when our children ask us, what is this all about, we get to explain to them of God's miraculous provision of freedom and deliverance in the midst of such a terrible uh, time in the history of the Jewish people. And when you look at the—and and I think this is probably, for me, one of the most intriguing parts of uh, the, the narrative of Esther and the, the, the observance of Purim—is when you read the the book of Esther, a lot of people don't realize it's the only book of the Bible that never once mentions the name of God anywhere in the story. Uh, now you see the hand of God in in Providence and such throughout the entirety of the text, but it's never directly mentioned. Um, and so we we see this really dark period of time for uh, Jewish history, yet in, in the midst of this dark period of time, we see God orchestrating all these little pieces in the background that, you know, had even one small piece not played out the way it did, everything would have collapsed around us. And so when we do these, these funny little Purim spills, like we're celebrating ...with joy and excitement... Uh, of the miracle that God provided for us, but we're also making sure that we never forget the reality of how yeah. rapidly things could turn back to that again. Uh, and, and I mean, the the reality isn't—I hate to throw us into even remotely a political sphere in conversation—but the reality is is that a uh, or not Chashfrosch, but uh, Haman and his descendancy, uh, you know, his people uh, are still alive today in the Iranians, and yeah. particularly in what we have seen uh, uh, with the Ayatollah and everything going on, uh, the Iranian hatred of the Jewish people. And by Iranian, I'm, I'm talking the Persians, and spe- uh, sp- specifically, um, Iran is a Muslim country, but anybody that's from Iran that, that is not Muslim would call themselves Persians. Uh, and uh, But it's really important to understand that these... Battles that we see are still there. Whether it's uh, uh, Isaac and Ishmael and the, the Jewish people and the Arab people, or it's uh, Iran or the Persians and the Jewish people, these problems are still there. And so, it's important for us to have these reminders, these commemorations of uh, of these events, uh, so that we never forget what God's brought us through, what God can still right. do for us. And so, as Rabbi Eric was saying, these pouring spills. They're intentionally humorous and and uh, supposed to be fun. Like it shouldn't be some big like heart wrenching drama going yeah. on on stage. It's supposed to make you laugh. It's supposed to yeah, you're supposed to have fun. You've got groggers that you're using to make all this noise to blot blot, blot out the name of Haman yeah, you're in the story, cheering and, and booing. Yeah, and it's yeah, supposed cheering, to be fun. You're
2: cheering for Mordecai. You're booing Haman. Exactly, yeah.
0: so that you're kept into the narrative and what's happening. Right,
1: but, and it's one of these things. You know, when we celebrate Pesach and we'll. We'll do that in a few months. The scripture tells us that we're supposed to celebrate and observe Pesach as if we were the ones that actually left Egypt. We're supposed to put ourselves into the story. And that's why we do the Purim spiels. That's why we do the read the Megillah the way we do, is it inserts us into the story. Because the truth is, as as Rabbi David just said, anti-Semitism, the same evil that brought about the story of uh, Esther and Haman and Mordecai still exists today. And we need to understand that we are not beyond that yet, and that we need to look at our circumstances situation in such a way that we put ourselves in the story, because we really are still in that story. We really are still dealing with the same anti-semitic the same hatred against god's people against the people of the book uh and and dealing with that so when we teach it to our children we want to do it in a way that they see the victory of god and the joy of serving god even in the midst of the things that were happening so so it doesn't become you know downtrodden and and uh and negative and depressing but that we win. We, we, we get to see how God over and over through the stories in the Bible and through the stories throughout uh, history. Wins, even though the adversary tries to destroy us. Yeah. And, and tying this back into
0: Tuba Shavuot, which is one of the, the conversations Rabbi Eck started with, is uh, the observance of Tuba Shavuot and the, the, the New Year of the, the herds and uh, the, the New Year of the kings or the coronation of the kings, etc., all these things are also a big part of that. Yes, they are traditional observances. They're not necessarily biblically uh, uh, Command. commanded or, or, or ordained. They're traditional observances, but... The whole point of them is to draw our attention constantly back to the provision and su- supplying of sustenance from the hand of God. You know, uh, Shabbat, you, traditionally you have two loaves of challah, uh, and the reason you have two loaves of challah that you're saying the blessing over is not because you necessarily have enough people in your household to eat two loaves of challah, uh, but because of the reality that there on, on uh, Friday morning there were two portions or a double portion of manhu, uh-huh. of manna, that was able to be gathered in in preparation for Shabbat. Where there'd be no man who provided, and so there's this reminder of the double portion in the celebration of Shabbat, and so everything is to draw our attention back to the idea of God's provision, whether it's 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 provision for nourishment and sustenance, or it's provision for deliverance and freedom. And as Messianic uh, believers, it's all the more important. Like the what blows my mind is the fact that the 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 greater body of Messiah as a whole has just kind of thrown all of this away. Like Esther is just one of those sunday school stories from the old testament perspective
3: veggie tales yeah
0: there's no real interaction with it, right? Yeah. But, but the reality is, as Messianic believers, what greater uh, uh, thing is there for us to rejoice in and commemorate than God's deliverance and, and, and redemption and restoration and, and provision of safety and, and so on? And, and we see this idea of salvation wrapped into the narrative of Esther, yeah. the, the undercurrent there all the way through right. the story. And the
1: reality is, as believers, part of our faith is that at some time in the future— There's going to be another deliverance that God brings about, a victory of his people in a time when there's tribulation, when there's problems, when the whole world turns against Israel, when all these things happen. And these stories that we read in the Bible, like Passover, like Esther, uh, that show God's deliverance are the – the precursors. It's the feeding of our souls that prepare us for having faith for what's coming up, that we see that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that he delivered us in the past so he'll deliver us in the future. And so when we have our children involved in these stories, like the the Esther story, the story of Haman and his sons and his wife and, and all that comes up in the the edict to kill all the Jewish people is a dark story, yeah. and yet when we re- when we read it and when we go through it in synagogue on Purim, it it is not lighthearted, but it is done in a way that gives life that that doesn't. Look only at the negative, but when we say Haman, we boo. When we say Mordecai, we cheer. Yeah, because God is still in the story.
3: It makes it palatable. It's not a
1: right. So when our just... children see it and are involved in it, they're not like, "Oh, woe is me, I'm a Jew," or yeah. "Woe is me, I'm, I follow the Bible." Everything's, you know. I, I let me go eat worms. But yeah. it's it's really God has a victory for me that I can hold on to. And so these Purim spiels, although they are uh, whimsical, uh, although they're done in a way where, you know, the it's so funny to listen to the kids who will say, <laughs> man, that was such a good play. That was so fun. That was a, And the parents are like, oh, that was like going to the dentist. It was, you know, to, to, to go through and endure. Yeah. Uh, it still is a way for our children to connect with the reality of a loving well, God who provides mercy and grace and love for us. And we, we do it in ways that are entertaining and uh, and exciting because we want our children to understand that we have an exciting God who does uh, – you know, we, we talk about superheroes. There's no superhero greater than – our God. Mm-hmm. yeah, And all the other, all the man-thought-of superheroes are just um, imitations, cheap
3: imitations yeah. and- of of the true God uh, and, and our Messiah. Well, and I'll, I'll say that, you know, a lot of the times with the kids especially, and even with the adults, I mean, last year, the play, like we had, I mean, the adults were rolling most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there's a level of joy there that should be You know, we we should be we we, we're supposed to be kind of whimsical and kind of you know funny. Life is life is fun, especially our lives. You know, life in Messiah is fun. You know, there's 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 a happiness and a joy there that can't be bought with Mm -hmm. what the world offers. And so, you know, that's that's why I I don't understand when you know because I mean I've I've met folks who are like, well, we you know we we can't do funny plays. It's you know it has to be serious all the time. I'm like, bro, like. Like, right. here, let me, let me show you a more excellent way. <laughs> but I,
1: always, I always tell people like that, you know, there are times for us to be very serious. Yeah. I mean, our faith is a serious faith, but it's also a faith of joy and peace. Yeah. And when, you, when people say, you know, we have to be really serious because God is really serious, I just point them at the platypus mm-hmm. uh, because there's nothing – that is not funny or serious about a, you know about you look at a platypus it's like almost like there were spare parts left and god just put them all together right. to form uh, you yeah. know as i like, i need one more animal so i'll just put all these pieces together and no he didn't and we know that god purposely designed the platypus perfectly in its way and there's a reason for it we may not know we what it is we may not understand yeah. it but it's it's the hoke of animals right but <laughs> but it's it's but it is when you think about it that it's just funny, yeah. And and God created us with humor, and humor is used in the scripture. Just think about Paul. Paul gets up on Mars Hill and says, "I think you guys might be a little too superstitious." Now that's just funny, yeah. I mean, he 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 points directly to these Romans who have all this pantheon of gods, yeah. And he, he just makes a statement. I think you guys are a little overboard well, it's on this funny superstitious. Because stuff. like
3: in Roman annals, like Judaism and the Jews were in the Romans' eyes some of the most superstitious people on the earth. Because it was like you know, in the Romans' eyes, it was like you actually believe that the things you do in life actually like your God actually like cares about those things. Because you know, in the Roman and Roman theology and Greek theology, the gods could care less about what you're doing, or you know. Right or wrong or indifferent, whatever. Uh, now, if you might be serving them specifically, then you know they might care. But it, yeah. yeah,
1: Roman theology actually put us as pawns and pieces in the greater game of the gods, <laughs> rather than God actually being involved in our life and wanting us to be blessed and to provide and meet our needs. It was more a matter of people meeting the gods' needs than God meeting yeah, our yeah. needs. So, anyhow, Purim is an exciting time. If you've never been to a Purim program or a Purim spiel at a synagogue, we encourage you to find a Messianic synagogue near you and join for their Purim celebration. Uh, make sure you try the Chamentashen. Uh, make sure you celebrate the full feast. Do not, as Rabbi David said, get so drunk that you can't tell the difference between Mordecai and Haman. Uh, because the Bible does say not to be drunk.
0: And if for whatever reason you do, stay away from your car, because if you can't remember Mordecai from Haman, you won't remember right pedal from left pedal either. So, yeah,
1: uh, just stay away from drunkenness, but go and enjoy the program, the play, see yeah. how it's done, participate. And, and it's really important that we understand that these celebrations are done so that the Word of God will become real to us. And these plays and programs are done so that our children will learn in different modalities and formats so that it will become part of who they are so that they'll be able to teach it to their children yeah.
3: and their children's children. And I think it gives them perspective, and this would be my last thing, it gives them perspective that not everything they put on in life has to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the perfect Texas church Christmas play You know that happens you know, out west every year, the big Okay, I forget where it is, but it's it's massive, it's perfect. They've got all the production. You know, it it lets them know that whatever you have, yeah, I do tell, your best
1: with and enjoy it. Yeah, I tell people when they come visit our congregation that we are the most perfect group of imperfect people they'll find. And and really that's God's people. And perm plays are supposed to show that when we look at it, Uh, Not everybody in the Purim play. I mean, first of all, everybody involved in the story of Esther should not have been in Babylon, in in Persia. They should have all gone back to Israel already. Israel has already been restored as a, a nation. They're out of Israel, not doing what they should have done. And the result of that plays out in the story. So we have imperfect people being used by a perfect God to... Establish God's perfection, His love, His grace for that people. And the end result is such a messianic thing that not only are the Jewish people redeemed, not only are they saved. But it then says that many of the non-Jewish people become followers of the God of Israel, become praisers of the God of Israel. And so this is our story. We're supposed to live our life in such a way, with such joy, with such love, with such peace, that those who do not know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will desire to follow him because of our life and because of what God does in our life. So anyhow, I hope this helped you to understand a little more about Purim. I do encourage you, if you don't know where to go, check out the umjc.org website, the IMCS, IAMCS website, to find out different congregations in your area. You could go to and enjoy Purim, plant a tree in Israel or in your town, and uh, enjoy and celebrate Tuba Shavat and Purim uh, where you are. Shalom. Thank you for listening
0: to the Messiantics Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can be notified every time we drop a new episode. And be sure to follow and interact
3: with us on social media at Messiantics Podcast.